Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. So here we see the Philistines who took the Ark of God, by the way, which represented God, right? The Ark of God is a holy thing. And so here the Ark of the Covenant that represents God is placed in a, a temple with a false god, okay? And guess what, you guys? God, the Bible tells me this, that God is a jealous God, and that's not going to fly with him. That's not going to fly with him at all. You shall have no other gods before me. This is the first and greatest commandment. Today, Pastor Eric studies in 1 Samuel how people failed to follow this. With so many things and people to grab your heart's attention in the world today, remember that God is a jealous God and deserving of your utmost worship. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for his message in 1 Samuel 5. God is powerful. He is powerful. He is mighty. And I think sometimes we need to remember that. I think we always need to remember that. But it's easy for us to fall away from that statement. Or we, we, we just say, oh, I've heard that thousands of times. Give it up already, Pastor. I know that. God is powerful. But really keep that in your mind and your hearts as we read the text tonight. Okay, so with that, we're reading all the way through 12 verses of chapter 5. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. Verse 4. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. <laughs> the head of Dagon and both of the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor anyone who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon <laughs> in Ashdod to this day. Verse 6, But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, The ark of God, of the God of Israel, must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us and Dagon our God. They sent the, and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of, God, of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried away to Gath. Send it to your neighbors, right? So they carried the ark of God of Israel away. Verse 9, this is only getting better. So it was, after they carried it away, that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. Verse 10, therefore they sent the ark of God to Akron. Send it down the road, right? 
So it was as the ark of God came to Ekron that the Ekronites cried out saying, they have brought the ark of God of Israel to us to kill us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with the tumors. And the cry of the city went up to heaven. So here we have the Ark of the Covenant going into the Philistine community. Starts with Ashdod. And these guys of Ashdod had this brilliant idea, which I would totally agree with them, by saying, hey, you know what? We just defeated the children of Israel, right? And uh, now we're going to take their God, what represents their God, and we're going to put it before our God because we just whipped these guys. And so here the Ark of the Covenant is laid before. And by the way, this is their God, Dagon, okay? Or Dagon, whatever you want to say. He is a merman. That's who they were worshiping. Okay, so they put it before the Ark of God, before Dagon here, right? Dagon. And the next morning they come back in, and what do they see? Well, the first day, the, the idol is on its face prostrate before the Ark of the Lord. What happened? What happened to this, right? So then they put it back up on the pedestal or wherever they had it. And then they come in the next morning and this takes place. You guys see it? A great picture, an illustration of what took place. The head of this idol, this merman, was decapitated. The palms were off, only leaving the torso of this idol. Where was it facing? It was facing before the ark of God. Okay? They're freaking out. They're like, we can't go in this place anymore. We're not going to go in there. And then it says in the text that the, uh, the Lord's hand was heavy upon the people. Heavy. His righteous hand brought devastation upon the Philistines. He struck them with tumors. Tumors. Now, this is going to be, we're, we're going to really see if we're family here. <laughs> okay. The tumors are referring to a hemorrhoid. So God gave these people, and I looked it up, guys, and I'm not kidding, and I'm like, oh, really? But the tumors that it is referring to here in the text is a, is a hemorrhoid tumor. And I'm not going to go further into that. We're all adults. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, wow. Okay? So the people said the ark must not remain with us. They can't be here because this is causing problems with the people here. I would agree with that. I would agree with this, okay? But so they then send it to their neighbors, uh, Gath, right? 
And Gath was another major city of the Philistines. And so then guess what happens to those folks? They had uncomfortableness, major uncomfortableness with these tumors. And then those guys are like saying, we can't have this. We got to get rid of this. Where can it go? Ekron. Ekron is a great place for it to go. So Ekron, the Ark of the Covenant, goes down to Ekron. Ekron cries out, they must want to kill us. Well, it's, it's just not good. So here we see the Philistines who took the Ark of God, by the way, which represented God, right? The Ark of God is a holy thing. And so here the Ark of the Covenant that represents God is placed in a, a temple with a false god, okay? And guess what, you guys? God, the Bible tells me this, that God is a jealous God, and that's not going to fly with him. That's not going to fly with him at all. And so, in fact, it's so much not going to fly with him. God even said this to the children of Israel. He says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, you shall, you shall have no other gods before me. This is literally here right now. But guess what, guys? This obviously didn't just apply to the Israelites. This applied to the Philistines as well. That here they put the ark of God, represented God before a false God. Did not fly with God. Because God is a jealous God. He is the only God. There is no other God but God himself. And guess what? He made this known to the Philistines. He made it known to them that he was God. I mean, think of this, this picture, what's going on here. God was trying to get their attention. So in all this craziness of excitement, I mean, this is insane. Could you imagine hearing this story on the news today? But here's the thing that God really placed upon my heart. We are surrounded with idols all around us today. We're surrounded with idols. Uh, what is an idol? An idol can be a, a, a person. It could be anything that represents a God. An idol takes worship. And so whatever our hearts desire, whatever man's heart is is worshiping in a sense, putting the full attention into, the full desire into something, that is called an idol. Whatever is taking your focus, that is an idol, okay? Anything that keeps you from God, anything that is placed before God, anything that you run to besides God, I would consider an idol. Anything that you go to before you go to God, I would say that is an idol. Something that brings someone comfort to them. Now the thing is, is that our flesh, my flesh naturally wants to run to these idols. Because they're either something I can physically see, or it's something that I'm very comfortable with. That I, it's just, this is, I'm okay with this, this is what I do, Okay? Something that we just run to. Because here's the thing, you guys, is that the flesh, from what I'm understanding in my life 
is that the human body is programmed to worship. We're programmed to worship something. I, I, I truly believe that because if that was, if wasn't the case, then we wouldn't have all this idolatry going on. The heart is designed to worship. Well, and really, in a sense, it was designed to worship God. But we have to come to that understanding. And see, the thing is, is that the Spirit of God wants us to run to Him. He wants us to go to Him instead of these idols. Because these idols pack no power. There is no deliverance in these idols. There is only a false hope. There's only a little bit of security that only lasts for a little bit, but then it's leaving you to crave more. But God can supply all our needs. He could fulfill all your wants and desires. See, the thing is, church, is that Idols will not stand before the Lord. They will not stand before God. Just as we see this little man, merman, didn't stand before the Lord. It will come crashing down. Now, this can bring to a person two things. It can bring to a person's heart two things. One, this could be the best news that you've heard all week. Because it could be delivering. It could bring freedom. Or it could bring correction and guilt. Because we don't want that, that, that feeling of like, oh man, resentment. There we go. That's a good word. Resentment because we love these idols. So it can bring freedom or it can be, bring that resentment, that anger, that Oh, I don't want to be corrected on that. Because delivering, if you, if you take it to the point of like, this is delivering news that the idols will crash before God, this means that whatever you run to, that you feel enslaved to, that you think has power over you, can crush in the name of Jesus. He can crush it. Break it. Right? He can get rid of them when you bring them into his presence. Whatever, is, whatever that idol that you keep running to, if you humbly submit it before God Almighty, that idol will come smashing down because of the power of God, because an idol will not stand in the presence of God. That's powerful. Correction meaning like, like your, your hearts are like the Philistines, meaning like you're hardened and you just, want, you just want your life to go back the way it was. You want your God to be back on the pedestal and you want to be able to go in there and you want to get rid of these tumors and this pain and so you'd rather just push it off down the road. And you'd rather be enslaved into your idols. You'd rather choose that way. Nothing will be placed before him Okay? Nothing can go above God, meaning even if your idol is yourself, you are going to bow before the name of Jesus. You're going to be before Jesus Christ, you will be bowing. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. Romans 14, 11. 
Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. What is that saying? What is Philippians telling? What is Paul writing to the church in Philippi? Anything and everything is going to bow before Jesus Christ. All creation. Good word. Meaning idols. None of it is going to stand before Christ. And so it is time to realize as individuals, we must really examine ourselves, not that we examine, but the Holy Spirit examines our hearts if there is an idol, and maybe that idol is self. It's time to realize that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and that Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth, meaning just as this idol fell before the presence of God, that's exactly what idols are going to do in front of Jesus. And you might not see it today, you might not see it tomorrow, but eventually every single knee, everything is going to bow before Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power with God. God is powerful. And I praise God tonight as I was just thinking of this because I'm thinking, okay, what is my idol? Is there things that I idolize before you? And yes, there is. There's many times when I run to worry and fear, but I believe that God is smashing that out of my life. He's doing it. And there was those times where I still hold on to that and where I go back to the crumpled pieces and I try to reconstruct the idol of worry And God's being gracious with me. And then he smashes it again. He says, when are you going to come to me, son? I will give you rest. I will give you the deliverance that you're looking for. This idol that you run to will not bring deliverance. And that's the thing is we go to these idols because we think that they can free us, but they cannot. Maybe you think yourself can free yourself. Let him destroy those things, those things that are taking the presence of the Lord in your life, just to submit them at the feet of Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing, is that he wants to replace those things with himself. Those things that are, bring false hope, those things that, that, that cannot bring you comfort, that cannot break any chains in your life, all they do is drive you further and further into torment. But Christ, God Almighty, can bring peace. God, with his power, can smash them to the ground and bring deliverance. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but freedom is very, very attractive. Freedom is attractive because you want that freedom. You want to be free. Who doesn't want to be free? If you ask anybody who's in slavery and bondage, who is in shackles and chains, do you want freedom? What would they cry out? Yes, we want freedom. And the thing is, is that we are ensnared by this sin called idols. And Jesus died on the cross for those sins and those traps that he has, that those traps hold people in. 
and he has smashed them and delivered them, but we need to get out of them to put our eyes fixed upon Jesus Christ and to, to accept that he has freed us. But why do we not do that? Because we are comfortable and we like to worship idols. It needs to stop. But by God's grace and his love, he's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. I have broken that idol. It has no power, son or daughter. I have the power. Keep your eyes fixed on me. Man. I want to share this out of Corinthians. Second Corinthians. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Hmm. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? It only gets deeper here. Ready? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and, and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The thing that ministered to my heart in that, that passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 through 18 was this. Number one, that you... If you're a believer in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that gift of salvation, you and I are the temple of the living God. The temple of the living God. There is power in that. That means that this building, yes, it's the house of the Lord, but really, where is the power at? It's in the people. It's the Holy Spirit indwelling you all, okay? That's where the power is at. Okay, it's God inside of you. Okay, so that's the number one thing that's really sweet about this passage. Okay, so then God goes to the point where he says, I will dwell in them. And then he says, and walk among them. And then God goes even to the, the next extreme by throwing out this huge, powerful statement, I will be their God. They shall be my people. Meaning what? God is claiming you as his own people. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. 
And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.